this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Well, this morning we are in the second to last phrase of the Lord's Prayer. Some of you might be saying amen, or I can't wait till we get to amen. Next week we're going to celebrate the closing of this passage, this series, with Bill singing the Lord's Prayer, and I look forward to hearing that. But today's passage from this prayer, we've been doing week to week to week with the phrase of the Lord's Prayer is lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And when I was looking at my notes this week about this passage, when I, I have a practice of when I decide what I'm going to be preaching on, I usually put the scripture and the title, and then I usually put a sentence or two of what I think I'm going to talk about, the direction I think I'm going to go, when I'm planning this. And like last week, forgive us our debts, I wrote forgiveness. It's all about forgiveness. God's forgiveness, our willingness to give forgiveness. And this week, besides this phrase, I wrote temptation, exclamation point. I was going to talk about our temptations. We all face temptations. We are all tempted in different ways, and I plan to talk about the good old juicy stuff of life, the voices that call to us, the ways that we are tempted. I even thought perhaps I would mention the big seven deadly sins, lust, gluttony, greed, indifference, anger, envy, and pride. They are all doozy of temptations, and all of us are tempted, and all of us are tempted in different ways. And then I started to think about the ways that we might be tempted. Well, we are tempted by pride, tempted to gossip, tempted to want what is not ours, tempted to be impatient, tempted to be hateful and cruel, tempted to be selfish and self-centered, Tempted to treat our own lives recklessly, tempted to prioritize all the wrong things, tempted to lie, tempted to come up with excuses. It's endless. The temptations that we face are endless. And maybe when it comes to being tempted, you even almost picture like the the cartoon where the little angel you on one shoulder and the little devil you on the other shoulder and each voice and you're no one's looking at me like they've seen this do you know what i'm talking about the little thank you okay the little good voices and the bad voices trying to tempt you to listen to them in a certain way but the thing is if only it were that simple i think most of the time we're not even aware of how we are tempted And the temptations come at all of us differently in different ways. I remember a church, a colleague's church of mine, who sadly found out that a much-beloved staff member of their church team had been stealing from them. 
Part of this woman's job was buying supplies for the church, toiletries, cleaning supplies, food for church events. And after she was caught, she told the senior minister some of the ways she rationalized why she did it. Money was tight at home. She told herself she was overworked and underpaid, underappreciated. And so when she started shopping for the church, she threw in a few things here and there for her own house. I deserve this. I'm owed this. It's not hurting anybody. And as these things tend to do, it gradually escalated more and more until she was caught. And it all came crumbling down around her. I read a story from Will Williman. He's a United Methodist pastor. He was dean of Duke Divinity School Chapel for many years. And he was writing, actually he was writing about forgiveness, but he shared a story on himself about a time he was having coffee in the halls of the seminary with a bunch of his colleagues. And they were all just talking, shop as you do. And he brought up to his colleagues, um, someone at another seminary had a new book coming out, and he just trashed that book. You know, he made fun of the cover, he made fun of the title, he made fun of the attempt at a scholarly text, he just ripped it apart. And after the conversation was over, he started to head down the hall, and he was still chuckling to himself some of the things he said, and this colleague of his said, I just want you to know that a few years when I got divorced, that man you mentioned was one of the few people who reached out to me during that time. And he prayed for me and was there for me in ways so many other people just were not. And I don't think he really deserved what you did back there with all our colleagues. And Willimon realized he was right. Absolutely right. That's the thing. Some of us may be tempted to steal, to lie, to cheat. Some of us may be tempted to knock down somebody else just to make ourselves feel a little bit more superior. Or D, all of the above. And I think it would be easier if we had those little voices on our shoulders calling to us, but we don't. We have to recognize within our own hearts the ways that we are being tempted. And we're quick to rationalize, and we're quick to come up with excuses. I thought of all the excuses we could say, well, it's not hurting anybody. It's not that bad for me. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not gossiping. I'm just giving you information. Temptation is a part of one of the first things in the creation story of Adam and Eve. It's a part of the fabric of the human experience to be tempted. But the thing is, the more I studied this passage this week, the more I looked into this phrase, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The more I thought about what Jesus is wanting us to teach us to pray for here, I realized that to talk just about temptations is maybe to put the emphasis on the wrong part. Lead us. 
lead us. That's the central request of this line of the prayer. Lead us, God, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I happen to think this is probably the, one of the more awkwardly written lines of the prayer. And it might just be because we're reading it in English instead of the Greek that it was first written in, instead of the Aramaic it was first spoken in. But I happen to think for us English speakers, it reads a little awkwardly. In fact, uh, Reverend Adam Hamilton suggests that we could even use a comma here to really better understand it, to get the correct emphasis. He suggests, lead us, comma, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. To deliver us in the Greek can actually even mean to rush. Rush us from evil. The emphasis on this prayer is for God to lead us. A God who leads us on the right paths. A God who protects us, rushes to our help when evil is around. I think of the image of the Good Shepherd from the Gospels. Jesus calls himself, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. We know that a shepherd cares and protects and guides and leads and even searches for the lost sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake, and even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. That beautiful psalm about the good shepherd speaks to what we are praying for. Lead us, God. Lead us on right paths. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us beside still waters. God doesn't tempt us to do what's wrong. God leads us to do what's right, away from the voices of temptation to do evil. Even the book of James speaks about this in chapter 1. He says, no one who is tested should say, God is tempting me. This is because God is not tempted by any form of evil, nor does he tempt anyone. The good shepherd leads us not to temptation, and delivers us from evil. The great Protestant reformer Martin Luther, it said that when he went to bed at night, he would say, forgive us our trespasses. And when he woke up in the morning, he would say, lead us not into temptation. He went to bed at night asking for forgiveness, and he woke up each day asking to be led in the paths God would have him lead. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This prayer assumes a God who leads us if we dare to ask. And I don't know the particular temptations of your own life, but I wonder if we might spend just a moment thinking about the ways God does indeed lead us. One, we're led through the power of community, the body of Christ, the church at work in the world. You know, just this week, I was telling someone about this, and frankly, I don't think we ministers talk about it enough, really, but I was telling them about the joy of ministry 
is that you get to have a front row seat to the beautiful and brutal moments of life. From the hospital bedside to standing at the graveside, the sweet joys of life and places of healing and growth and learning. Ministers get front row seats to all of that in all of your lives as we get to watch you all faithfully walk your journey of faith. And I don't even know if you realize all the ways that we learn from you, watching you walk this path of faith. God leads us in community as the body of Christ in church. God also leads us through the power of Holy Scripture, words of Scripture that you might have heard a hundred million times, but there was something about that particular day and that particular time and that particular moment when you read those words or heard them spoken, and suddenly you hear God speaking to you in a way you haven't heard before. That's how God leads us through Scripture. And God leads us through the power of prayer, prayer that changes us, prayer that opens our own hearts to God's will for our lives and teaches us to relinquish the tight grip of control that we desperately want to have in our lives and to learn to trust in our Creator. Prayer changes us that way. And the fourth way that I wanted you to remember the ways God leads us is through the power of the Holy Spirit. I think of that nudge, that hunch feeling, or that feeling in your gut that tells you you need to say something or do something. I remember, um, you know, last week I shared about forgiveness, and I mentioned a woman in my church who went and actually offered forgiveness to her mother as she was dying in the hospital. And she didn't go to the hospital planning to do and say all that. She was just going to say goodbye. But when she got there, she decided to listen to that voice within her that was wanting to offer that gift for her mom and for her own heart as well. God leads us through the Holy Spirit. And this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, dares to teach us to pray for God to lead us. Lead us away from the past that we should not choose for our lives. Lead us toward the voices that help us to have life and life abundantly. Lead us, not to temptations, but deliver us from evil. And I'm not sure the temptations you will face today or tomorrow, but I know the one who does, who is ready to lead us if we dare to listen. And I thought this week, perhaps the next time you feel yourself um, aware that you are beginning to rationalize or come up with excuses or even struggling about what decision, what's the right thing to do, I wonder if we might start by even just offering to say this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, a prayer that asks us for thy kingdom come, thy will be done, a prayer that dares to ask God to lead us, to pray for God's leading in our lives. Will you close with me in prayer?
Holy and gracious God, we open our hearts to you now. Mindful in some ways of the voices that call to us and the temptations we face, forgive us from the past we have chosen that have led us away from being the people you call us to be. And teach us now, God, to pray for the courage for you to lead us away from things that aren't meant for us and toward your abundant life. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.